Welcome again to uh, Developmental Disabilities Association's Encouraging Abilities podcast. We are here to connect with people in the disability and neurodivergent communities to help tell their stories. As much as 25% of Canadians identify with having a disability, so there are certainly plenty of stories to tell and awareness to raise. Uh, Today we are joined by Christy Faye Collins. Christy is a young web developer based in Victoria, BC. She's also part of the autistic community and has built a new dating app called Nomi that targets the disability and neurodivergent communities. So welcome to our podcast, Christy. Hi, Evan. It's so nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining me today. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, my name is Christy. I'm a part of the neurodivergent community. I'm autistic. I live in Victoria. I recently moved here from Montreal a few months ago, and I had grown up on the West Coast, so it feels really good to be back home. Um, And right now I'm working on an app called Nomi, which is for the disability and neurodivergent communities. Now, uh, Nomi, the website for those listening is nomiconnect.net. So that's where they can uh, can find you. Um, so is is this you are a web developer? So are you a, a one person army in this thing? Or tell me a little bit about how you're putting this together. Yeah, so I am a web developer, but uh, when I first started this company, when I first had the idea, I quickly realized that it would be a lot of work to both be the CEO and do all of the technical work. And I also would have had to learn a native web development language, which is what you need to know to build an app for the App Store or Google Play. So I personally am handling all of the non-technical stuff. And I have a couple of people working on the iOS app. They're currently working on a prototype so that we can start user testing very soon. And yeah, they've just been absolutely amazing. We get to bounce ideas off of each other and it feels a lot less lonely having a company, having a thing that I'm working on every day without having any external kind of validation or having people who I can talk to when things get difficult. So that's just been absolutely wonderful. It's a great experience working with them and they're both really passionate about the project as well. Well, that sounds good. So to be clear for listeners that uh, Nomi is still sort of in the testing and prototype stage. It's not up and running yet. Exactly. Yeah. So we're hoping to have it up and running by 2023. Of course, also, if anybody wants to participate in user testing, um, you can send me an email through the website. But yeah, for now, we are just working on the prototype so that we can really hash out exactly what features people really want and need and we can meet and hopefully exceed those needs with the first run of the app. And then we'll have it actually running by uh, 2023. That's the goal. Now, where did you come up with the name Nomi? Yeah, so I wanted to find something short and unique that people might find fun to say. I was bouncing around a few ideas, thinking maybe something alluding to disability or neurodivergence. Um, but after a while I was like, okay, I'll just figure something out. It'll be a placeholder for now. And I had recently finished watching, rewatching my favorite show called Sensate on Netflix. And one of the characters' names is Nomi. She's a self-proclaimed activist and uh, just an all around amazing and strong woman. And the name also just so happened to sound like Nomi, like K-N-O-W-M-E. 
uh, get to know me. So I felt like that was very fitting for an app that connects people with one another. Now, what first inspired you to turn your efforts towards a dating app for the neurodivergent community? That is a good question. <laughs> I, I suppose I was kind of an amalgamation of a few things. I feel like community has been such an essential part of my life. I am very close to the people that I'm close to, if that makes sense. Like, I don't have very light friendships. I don't take relationships very lightly. And I know that that's true for a lot of people. So I just have a few select people and I honestly don't know what I would do without them. So I really wanted to aid other people in finding that. Um, I feel like for myself, I was really fortunate to have found the friend group that I found. I kind of fell into it. I was friends with my sister's friends and then I found my own friends through them. So I think that that was a wonderful uh, experience for me. It was, it was really lucky. I just felt very lucky that that happened to me. And of course I developed those friendships and relationships past that point. But for a lot of people, it's more challenging for them to be in social environments. I didn't know that I was autistic at the time, so I tended to go out more and I didn't realize why I was so burnt out after. So I would go out and do the things and meet the people and then be exhausted for days because I didn't realize that I was overstimulating myself. So now it actually is more challenging for me to find friends and develop friendships because what a lot of people want to do is go out to bars, go to parties, go to the club. And I just can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that as consistently anymore. Um, so we need to find alternatives. And a lot of my friend group just so happens to also be neurodivergent. So that's another reason why I was so lucky not knowing that I was autistic and finding friends who were also any array of neurodivergent. Um, yeah, so I really just wanted to create something that could help people who may feel overstimulated in social environments and find it more challenging to get out there and find friends and relationships. So I guess it's safe to say that through your own research and, and experience that others in the neurodiverse community were having these same issues. Yeah, exactly. The more that I learn about neurodivergence and talk to folks in the community, the more I realize that friendship is an issue that is so real for so many people. Finding friends, maintaining friendships is a real challenge. And so many people find themselves feeling isolated and lonely because of it. And there's never going to be a clear answer to this problem. But the goal in creating an app for people to build their community is that we can provide a resource for people to intentionally build relationships from a place of common experience. Um, a lot of neurodivergent people also, including myself, appreciate structure. So taking a structured approach to dating and friendship by intentionally seeking out people in your community with similar interests could be really beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. Now, not not to get too personal, in your own experiences in in sort of finding a partner, do you have you, do you have, did you find that difficult in your in your adult age? Um, I definitely had more luck dating within my friend circle uh, than online. So I didn't actually find it to be too much of a challenge. 
Um, before I knew I was autistic, I inadvertently surrounded myself with other neurodivergent folks who I felt I was able to relate very well with. And it was actually quite easy to start partnerships from some of those friendships. But it was mostly because I was really good at following the romantic script. <laughs> so many of us learn very well established rules around romance and navigating romantic relationships. And I found the romance script to be an easy one to follow personally. I've been partnered now for nearly four years, but neither of us knew that we were divergent, neurodivergent uh, when we started dating. We just had a great connection and understanding right off the bat. And looking back, I realized that part of that can most likely be attributed to our brains working in similar ways. But yeah, the real challenge for me in relationships came down to uh, friendships because I feel like there's less of a well-established script for friendships. It's kind of easy to start hanging out with somebody. I used to be a hairstylist, so I learned to be very good at, at small talk. But when it really came down to maintaining those relationships, I needed people to be very, very clear that their intention was to be friends with me and we would need to hang out consistently and I needed kind of a more consistent like validation and communication with that than a lot of people were able or willing to provide. And I probably also didn't know that I needed that at the time either. So the, the beginning part of friendships was difficult for me and still continues to be. And there's also uh, less of an established script for um, breaking up with friends as well. Because if a romantic relationship isn't working, you break up, you go through that process, there's a bit of a grieving process a lot of the time, and then you move on and you find another romantic partner if that's what you want. But with friendships, friendships tend to just fizzle out. One of you ghosts, one of you moves on, and it just fades into the background. And that I don't know what to do with. That's a bigger challenge for me. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. So, so when it comes to sort of putting this this app and this website together, what sort of feedback have you received? I mean, you're hearing from people in in your community that are um, saying, "Hey, this is a great idea." I've tried sort of the online, regular online dating sites, if you will, like you know, okay, Cupid or something like that. Um, were they having less success through those type of sites? Do you have any uh, sort of data or insight on that? Yeah, I mean, I I have a very simple um, one, two, three on a scale of one to three. How would you rate your experience with the dating apps you've used? And on this specific survey, we don't have too many responses to go off of, but the overwhelming response, so 50% of responders said their experience is a one with other dating apps. 42% uh, of responders say that their experience is a two. And only one person said that their experience is a three, like the best experience with uh, other dating apps. So yeah, the that's kind of more just numbers based, but the real feedback that we've been receiving is that um, dating apps are not personal enough. You don't get to see enough about the person to make an informed decision on whether or not you want to start a conversation with them even. And the conversations kind of just fizzle out into nothing. And you're left wondering if you should start the conversation again or just move on. 
So there's a lot of that, like communication issues with dating apps. And there's also design issues, accessibility issues. So bright colors, animations, pop-ups that come up asking you to pay for different features. And like screen reader issues, a lot of people have problems with dating apps. Most people who use who use screen readers and dating apps together encounter some sort of issues, not having alt descriptions on the images, not being able to navigate the app easily, but still needing connections. So doing it anyway, and it just ends up being a really draining experience after all that. So yeah, overwhelmingly the response has been quite negative toward other dating apps. And we're trying to collect all of that feedback in order to avoid the problems that other dating apps have created for people in the community. Gotcha. So I'm just going to take a little quick break here right now for a, a PSA for the Engineering Health Lab at Kite Research Institute. That's a university health network. They are hosting a virtual conference on National Parks Accessibility in Canada. This is a free event that will take place from August 23rd to the 25th, 2022. You can visit their website to register or submit an application as a speaker if you like. That's www.parksaccessibilityconference.ca. So that's all about making sure our national parks are accessible to everyone. And just a reminder, we are speaking with uh, Christy Faye Collins. She has developed Nomi, a new uh, dating app. So that's what we're talking about online dating for the neurodiverse community. So um, obviously starting a business like this is is not cheap. I mean, you're doing a lot of the legwork yourself. Are you, are you doing this all on your own dollar? Or are you seeking outside investment to make this happen? We are seeking outside investment. So at the moment, we are bootstrapping the whole thing. We're just putting together different bits of free software, anything that we can access for free or virtually free. And that will actually get us to a place where we can present that to investors. So once we have our functional prototype, we'll be able to say, hey, this is exactly what we're going to create. We've done user testing. We know that people need this. And then they'll be able to invest knowing exactly where their money will be going. So that will hopefully be happening soon. Um, living is not cheap, so I will need nope. money very soon anyway. <laughs> yeah. So yes, that will definitely propel us in the right direction once we have uh, investment. So this is really meant to be a, a money-making venture for you? This is going to be your job and your profession? It will be, yeah. Um, many startups don't have actual revenue, real income for a couple of years. So we'll have to ensure that we can sustain ourselves for the first couple of years. But eventually we will be making revenue off of this. And we're also planning on hiring. So far, most of our team is disabled or neurodivergent and we'll keep up that trend throughout our whole hiring processes. So the internal team will be compiled, comprised of the community who tends to have the lowest income in Canada. Um, so yeah, we'll want to have enough money to be able to pay fair wages to our disabled and neurodivergent employees and for me to make a living and hopefully be able to give back to the community in a big way as well. 
Now here's a sort of a $64 million question. What about typically developed people or those people who don't identify with a, a disability or anything? Can they join? And if not, how do you, how do you uh, um, uh, make sure that there's only people on, on the site who identify with these groups? Yeah, so that was actually a big question on our previous survey as well. I had assumed going into this that neurodivergent and disabled people would not want a neurotypical able-bodied, non-disabled people to be a part of the app because some people don't feel safe around people who are not a part of their community. And as a minority community, safety is our primary concern. So I put the question out there, assuming that the response would be, no, it should just be a space for us. But we had a huge response in favor of having all types of people a part of, to be a part of the app. So that's really lovely. It's, it's great that everyone wants to intermingle, socialize with each other. Um, a lot of people gave personal feedback that they want to meet holistic people. They want to meet non-disabled people. Um, they just mostly want to be a part of a community where they're the majority for once. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they will be able to use the app. I suppose it just comes down to whether they want to be a part of it. So they're more than welcome to join. They can definitely be a part of it. Some people, there will be an option to just show users, just show other profiles that are similar to yours. So if you identify as disabled, you'll have the option to view other disabled folks. That's kind of what we're trying to navigate right now. So if you don't want to see people who are not quote unquote like you, um, that's okay. That's something that you can do, but the default will be that you can view everyone who's using the app and everyone who's using the app can view you as well. I guess, I guess though, like, how would you screen that? Like, how would you be mm -hmm. sure that someone signing on, uh, signing up is a member of one of those groups? We can't. It's, kind of just comes down to partially trust. We're also going to have a profile validation, but just to ensure that the person who created the profile is themselves. So we're not going to gatekeep for disability or neurodivergence. It will be kind of an honor system. So if you are neurodivergent in the signup process, you can say, I'm neurodivergent. If you're disabled, you can say you're disabled. If you're both, you can say both. And then otherwise, there will be an option for not neurodivergent or disabled. And then from there, it will be at your own discretion after you filter for users, quote unquote, like me. So let's say I'm autistic, I would select neurodivergent in the signup process. And then when I start using the app, I can filter for other neurodivergent people. There won't be like different categories, at least not yet, because we do want to keep users' identities as private and safe as possible. So just using the larger umbrella terms, I'll be able to see other neurodivergent users. And then I will make the decision whether I feel safe meeting up with them or not. Right, kind of pretty much just like every other dating website, I guess there's, there is that bit of an honor system, you got to, you know, unleash a little bit of trust, I guess. So, um, yeah. 
is is the app going to be designed for a global audience? Do you have visions of making this in multiple languages? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right now, we are only releasing to Canada. We're going to do it on a kind of rollout basis, hitting the biggest cities first, and then expanding to the whole country. Um, and then we want to expand to the states. That would be our next um, international goal. And from there, I definitely want it to be global. I don't know exactly what that looks like yet, but that is the ultimate goal. Is this going to be free to join to start with, or is there going to be a, a monthly fee? Or is there going to be like ads that you can run to generate? How do you plan to generate revenue, I guess, is the main question. Yeah, we're playing with a couple ideas right now. I feel like the... So the main business model or payment structure that a lot of apps are using at the moment is called freemium. So you have your free version and that's heavily restricted. And then you have your premium features that you can pay for on top of the free version. Um, that will not be as accessible to lower income users. So if you if to make the same amount of money as let's say bumble we would need to have our payment structure be free and then the premium is 29 dollars monthly that's what bumble's uh, structure is and that's just not accessible to anyone <laughs> i don't know how people pay that much for a monthly subscription to a dating app so what we're thinking right now is a pay-what-you-can monthly or yearly subscription. We feel like that would discourage unsafe users from accessing the app easily. And we feel like if everyone pays, everyone will be able to participate equally in the app. So everyone will have equal opportunity to find connection rather than some people having a better opportunity to access connection than others. It will be very affordable. We're thinking around $5. That would be kind of the average payment would be $5. And that would sustain us and our team and hopefully allow people access to something that could be really valuable for them. Did you have any unexpected challenges that you faced in developing an app like this? Two main things. Safety, of course, is our main concern. Um, in terms of safety, we have a few established features and kind of attitudes, I guess, if that's the right word to use. I don't think that's the right word to use, but I will explain. So in terms of safety, we will have anonymous user reporting, the ability to flag profiles that contain content against our guidelines. Um, eventually, we will either not allow photos at first or if we can, uh, like photos within the chat when you're messaging with somebody um, until we can block unwanted pictures while chatting because that's a big problem for many people. Um, having the identity and profile verification before being allowed to interact with users will be a big one as well because bots are a thing. They're mostly annoying, but they can be harmful. There can be scams. So we want to make sure that the person 
using the app is who they say they are. And the ability to block users, consistent moderation of the app, just any other suggestions that people have, we're very open to it. We want to establish as many features to keep our, our people safe as possible. And the other thing pertaining to safety will be having a few videos and guidelines and just general recommendations for keeping yourself safe outside of the app. So there will, of course, be recommendations for keeping yourself safe uh, and navigating the app itself. But outside of the app, we want to ensure that people are protecting themselves as well. So partnering with different organizations who uh, have videos around consent and around establishing boundaries and how to meet up with someone safely, how to meet up in a public place. And if they want to take you away from that public place, what to say or what to do. So just having a whole slew of guidelines to help users navigate interactions in general and especially navigate interactions safely will be really big. And of course, accessibility, which I've mentioned before, that will be a challenge in developing. And that's why so many apps aren't accessible because it costs more money. They don't see the fast revenue response to making their app accessible. But if they made it accessible, the people who needed that accessibility would use their app. <laughs> makes sense to us. Apparently, it doesn't make sense to a lot of app creators. So yeah, making it as accessible as we possibly can, constantly adding more accessibility features and taking feedback really seriously from people who need more accessibility in uh, technology will be a huge thing for us as well. Yeah, I mean, accessibility is, is, is so important, you know, especially for an organization like, like ours. Uh, you know, I think we're about to refresh our own website and, we're, you know, that's the, that's the number one thing. We've got to make this website accessible for everybody. So I'm going to hit you with one last Absolutely. question and then, then, then I'll let you go. From your perspective, has the cultural attitude towards people with disabilities changed in the last few years? How, how, is, how is that uh, looking from your eyes? Yeah, I mean, I feel like a bit of an imposter answering this question. So I'll do my best to only answer to the extent of my knowledge. But I know that we have come a long way in terms of disability justice in the last few years, in the last decade even, and I know that we have a long way to go still. But I really think that media has given us a more consistent exposure to different bodies and minds and ways of living, um, and that has been embraced by mainstream media in a way that it never has been before. Uh, we started celebrating disabled models, TikTok also gives us a chance to hear directly from disabled creators in a way that we never have been able to before. And I think that's really beautiful. Um, we still, however, are not at the point of creating media from a fully collaborative perspective, like mostly uh, pertaining to mainstream media. So that's a huge missed opportunity because if you're going to create something about the disability community or claiming that it's for the disability community, you need to talk to disabled people. <laughs> like that just makes sense to us. It makes sense but, to us. Yeah, right? <laughs> but it's still a huge problem where we're not being consulted about media 
without about us, nothing about us without us holds true. But so many media creators are still creating content for holistic, non-disabled viewers without consulting disabled people. And we haven't yet reached the point of many disabled and neurodivergent people or a majority of disabled and neurodivergent creators being celebrated for their own independent contributions to the world. Um, everyone's also familiar with quote unquote inspirational stories of disabled people living their lives uh, that leave viewers feeling warm and fuzzy, but those videos and stories tend to increase the stigma around disability more than anything. And it doesn't actually inspire real change in how we view the world and how we approach disability. It doesn't actually make people turn inward and look at their own biases um, and stigmas around disability that they hold that they may not know about. So you can watch a video of somebody getting dressed and be like, oh, wow, that's so beautiful. Go them for existing. But that person's literally just trying to exist. So I think that with media, we have some beautiful aspects and we also have a lot of negativity that we need to work through. But for the most part, obviously, we've come such a long way in disability justice, in our own mindset and exposure to uh, different people. And overall, I think that it has changed for the better. But of course, there's always more work to be done. Yes, that's true. And I think, you know, with people like you uh, jumping on board and creating opportunity for people in the disability community to connect with each other and, and build meaningful relationships, that can only push this forward. And I think it's great. And I applaud what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really hopeful that it will help people. That's the whole idea. I want to to know that we're helping people. So we have a survey that if anyone's interested in, they can fill it out on the website and that will help us uh, continue creating this for the community and not just what we think the community needs. So yeah, we're, we're really hoping to help people and create an impact on our community in, in a big way. And that website, of course, is Nomi, N-O-M-I, connect at, uh, sorry, nomiconnect.net. Uh, you can take that survey there. Today, we have been speaking with Christy Faye Collins. She is the developer of Nomi, a uh, disability and neurodivergent dating app. Uh, just to be clear, it's not up and running yet. They are still in all their testing phases, and they hope to have it running by 2023. So, Christy, thank you very much for joining us today. Hope to, we can raise some awareness for you. Thank you so much for having me.